Welcome to the Conversations Podcast, y'all. We are done with a series we've called Planted, an exciting season of our church, looking at 40 days of prayer for the Oaks Project, and what a fun way to cap off the series and season of our church. I'm joined by two special guests and friends. First, we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Avro. Good morning, Taylor. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, and we're joined by the one and only the amazing prayer pastor, Rhonda Patterson. Rhonda, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Taylor. Always glad to be here. It's great to have y'all. Y'all, there's so much to be excited about, thankful for, and would love just to give you the first word, Jose, on just the, the message. I do want to talk about the message, but even just the season as a church and where we're It at. is an exciting season. Mm-hmm. It's an expectant season, and I tied it to Advent because Advent means coming, and we are celebrating the coming of Jesus and Christmas. It's always fun that we celebrate the coming of light in the darkest time, in the coldest time of the year, because we, we, we need reminders through the dark times that light has come. And uh, for our church, the Oaks Project has been that, an opportunity to uh, expect God to do amazing things. And I um, can't wait to tell the church on Sunday morning the results. We'll wait, we'll wait for that then. Um, but this morning, uh, I am looking forward to continue to unpack the the message because it is packed. Again, Paul has done this already. He's collected an offering. And and so I love how we just get to live what, what's written down in the Word. This series called Planted based on a few questions for us. Well, first off, based off the verse for the Oaks Project, Isaiah 61, 3, they'll be called Oaks of Righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. And then this series, Jose, we've been looking at where am I sowing this season? We've been looking at my family, my church, my community, and just this past Sunday, wrapping up and tying it all together with this heart and posture of generosity. Rhonda, would love to hear your thoughts just not only on the message, and we'll jump in, but also just the series and just this concept of what are we sewing in? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. I, I've loved it. Um, I feel like, like you said, Jose, at looking uh, outward, it really helps us in just um, not necessarily uh, forgetting what lies behind necessarily. You know, some of us are going through hard things, but looking forward and looking outward always helps our perspective, even if we're dealing with some tough stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's been great to take that time to look outward. Jose, we'll we'll jump into these uh, concepts here of what it looks like to give. And biblically, uh, you had six different points here, attributes that we'll look at. The first one being giving through the church, kind of a continuation of what we've just all talked about here in this concept of sowing. We'd love to hear your thoughts on just even the biggest difference between, I think a lot of people think of giving to the church, like, okay, the church, I'm I'm giving to the church. What is so significant, uh, particularly spiritually, about this concept of giving through the church? Yeah, so we're a vessel, right? We want to be used by God to continue to sow into this world and build what he wants us to to be building. So the church is ever growing, ever building, capital C churches all, all over the world, but the local church locally is is a should be a beautiful representation almost like an outpost of heaven that's about God's business and so it's not only hey fund the operation of the church to keep the lights on to make sure that people have a salary those things but it's also look at what happened 
happens when we together collectively sow into what God is doing. And, and you see what we've seen this mm-hmm. last year. It's been an amazing year of growth in the life of the uh, in, in the life of our church. And it's exciting in fruit that God really is doing something amazing. Mm-hmm. So that's to me when I think of two, it's almost like it ends it, you know, the transaction. But when I think through, it's more participation. We get to be in this together. We do. We do. And I love that, like most of the other areas in our uh, financial giving, um, we make decisions every day about how we want to spend or invest or whatever it is with our money. And so sometimes when giving to the church, it may seem hard because we're giving and letting go of it, but it's such a sweet thing to be able to, what we're really doing is trusting God with it. Um, He told us to give to the church. And so as we release it and give, then we don't know what all he's going to do. And that can be, for some, a little hard because... They like to know where their money's going and what, exactly how it's being used. But it's when you get to that place of release and just trusting Him, um, the blessing is right back on you in, in trusting the Lord. So I was having a conversation with a friend just uh, the last week or two, and he mentioned that this concept of, of releasing, mm-hmm. uh, he felt like he was a generous person with his time and just serving and does a really good job of loving people well. And yet, through the Oaks Project, through these 40 days of prayer, he said that God really challenged this next part, Jose, this this idea of giving freely, just this idea of that giving up and releasing the control, releasing the funds. And something we've talked about the last few weeks just in the series, particularly on the podcast, is how interwoven the way we view and trust God with our finances mm-hmm. is the way we trust God with everything else in our lives. So what what is so difficult? I think just practically here, want to get kind of practical. How are ways that y'all would encourage someone to give more freely? How does, you know, someone that that has uh, control issues, I'll admit I'm one of them, uh, that's an often struggle for me. How, how would you encourage someone to practically uh, improve in their releasing of their finances and yeah, the other if, areas? If, if you think about control, it's a tight grip on something and you think about free uh, freedom or, or freeing, you, you have open palms, you are loose, and it really is amazing that it works that way. When we choose to hold things tightly and closely and say, gotta have it this way, gotta have it my way, it really brings about more stress. It brings about more anxiety. It brings about more, you know, uh, anyway, the opposite of that is is giving giving freely and trusting and releasing. And I love the proverb, uh, Proverbs eleven twenty four. one man gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but becomes but comes to poverty. And that's not necessarily speaking financial poverty, but it's speaking about a spiritual poverty. Mm-hmm. The the idea that nothing will ever be enough. And so when we when we release, it really is that sense of trusting God. And it's a choice that we have to make on a daily basis. And um, it starts with the little things. Yeah, yeah. It starts to with to me with love. Uh, the the greater love I have for my church for the people in my life, the freer I feel to give freely. And so um, when I feel hesitant or when I feel like I'm wanting to spend money or do with my time or whatever it is the way I want to do, um, it's that me me mentality. But the, the more love I have for those around me, 
it, it just is so much easier. It comes like really naturally from your love. So, and I think something that we've talked about, y'all just mentioned this, but just the freedom that comes from starting small. Like I think uh, some may be listening, think of like me where I'm like, okay, once I reach a certain point, then I'll be able to get more generous or once, you know, I can go for time as well. Okay. Once I have a free day, then I'll do this, this, and this. But I would just encourage people to start now, like start with what you have now, start with what God has put on your heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, what, what that looks like as far as where and how, but just to kind of prayerfully consider that I think is, is one big step. Uh, there for to give freely absolutely and then this third part here we're just running through these uh is responsively jose would love for you to start talking about that as far as the significance of responsively and maybe what's the opposite that may help some people when it comes to what does it look like well, you can't give? give away what you haven't yet received and so responsively is we're giving in reaction to we're giving in response to what's already been given to us and Jesus freely gives us his love. He freely has given us life and breath and talents and mm-hmm. stuff. And so we're called, again, to give through. We're, we're called to give away, but we do that remembering what he first did for us. The opposite would be in order to. So the opposite would be, hey, I'm going to give so that God doubles my blessing or that God uh, makes some sort of deal with him. And, and we need to be careful because that's religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we do something for God so that he does something for us in response, we have that. We have that Mm -hmm. completely backwards. We can't do anything to earn God's love. There's nothing that we can do that he would say, hey, oh, thank you. I've been waiting for this. Now I'll release this blessing on on your life. It's, it's, It's contrary to the gospel message that is so clear that he first loved us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And so we give as a response to what he's done for us. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Add, I, I love that. And, and uh, I so agree. It's, um, it's, it's responsive. It's what he's already done, not what he will do. It's what he's already done for us. And so it starts with that gratitude and love for him. Uh, you may have mentioned this just even in the answer about gratitude, but how do we remind ourselves of this? This is one of those truths. Like we know, okay, if you if you're growing up at the church or even just spend a little time, you know that God, this is a free gift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet, if you're like me, I can quickly get caught up in thinking that I'm I'm giving to or I'm giving to earn or I'm trying to work towards something. So, what are maybe ways mm-hmm. that y'all just uh, continue to practice this, remind yourselves of that, so that you can receive and then give away uh, responsibly? Yeah, you know when when we first moved moved here. I remember we moved from the Houston area to the beautiful hill country, mm-hmm. and as we would come in on 12 off the junction, and it just opens up, you know, and you see all the hills and the beauty, and I would repeatedly ask the Lord, don't ever let me take this for granted. And so I think that's something that we can just ask Him continually is, is Ask him to not let us take it for granted. For him to remind us uh, what he did for for me. What he ask him to remind me what did he, what he did for me and what he's brought me from. And so that's yeah. Ask him and and he'll help you with that. Yeah. And the big lie that we have to remember it sometimes creeps in is this idea that we're in charge that that we mm-hmm. can control a situation. It goes with freely uh, giving freely. So here. 
what what is God doing for you? Mm-hmm. How is He blessing you? And acknowledging His presence in our daily lives is is a great reminder for us, um, so that we can respond to that, mm-hmm. so that we can thank Him, so that we can do out of the overflow of what He's already done yeah. for us, even in difficult times, mm-hmm. even in times where. We may be asking, God, why? Why is this happening? Well, His grace is sufficient for us. His mm-hmm. power is made perfect in our weakness. There are things that we need, you know, I'm trying to stay here in my lane um, and not, not, go, not go too far off, but th- there is so much that we can stop, acknowledge, and thank God for mm-hmm. that'll help us in, in this way of giving responsibly. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah. good. That's so good. I'm, I want to read Second uh, Corinthians 8 because, uh, Jose, this ties into the next point here. It says uh, in verse 11, Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. It goes on from there. But this this fourth point here, Jose, is eager consistency. And I think some people, it's like, okay, I've got the through the church concept down. Uh, I'll try to give freely, try to give responsibly, but eagerly. Uh, how can you tell if you're giving eager, er, eagerly or not? And what are maybe ways that we can grow in our eagerness? Yeah, maybe maybe consistency, obedience, eagerly is just being willing, right? And saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. So oftentimes, like, I think what you're getting at is we may not want to. You know, we may be doing this more out of discipline, out of obedience. And the, the, the reality is, is again, you zoom through, Paul talks about the results of giving later, later on in the chapter. When we give, we participate with God in an amazing way and, and see him come through. And again, we don't do it for that, but it's a promise that, that he takes care of us. And so the consistency is important because we can say, hey, I'm going to, start something and then what happens is we often taper off like Mm -hmm. what we'll do with our new year's resolutions here in a couple of weeks and so this consistency is an important part of the discipline so yeah i i guess my my point in this is to say it it may be more of a discipline and that's okay yeah (laughs) so i'll share um when we were in our early years of marriage, I may have shared this before about giving, but I was brought up understanding the concept of tithing, believed in it, and and all. My uh, husband and I were, you know, broke young parents trying to make it each day, and yet we believed in tithing. So back in the day, we couldn't send it electronically to the church, but I would make out the tithe check every week. But oftentimes, I would end up having to hold on to them. And so my heart was there to give, but we didn't have it. And so I would end up with two or three or more checks that hadn't been given. And nothing then had been given. And I would feel shame about it and guilt over it. And a lot of times, sometimes I would be able to go ahead and turn them in at some point. Sometimes we would uh, just tear them up and, okay, we're going to begin again. But going back to what you said earlier, Taylor, about starting small, um, Mm -hmm. once I just feel like really God spoke to us in that is what we can do and at, at the season of our life and where we were at without shame. And so we began to do that just consistently with eagerness came because 
we felt released from that burden of the weight, and so we just did that consistently, and eventually we were able to increase and, and give more. But it's that weight being lifted off the, of shame or guilt about it, and so whatever it is God shows you that you can do, do that with consistency. And the eagerness comes out of that because you felt him speak to you about, start here, start that here. That is really good. And the other piece that I love about that is this passage talks about saying that there's equality. Don't give mm-hmm. what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And there's a time where you will be able to give. And then there's another time where you'll be able to receive. Exactly. And the point is that we are the body of Christ caring for each other. And so it's okay to also say, hey, this is all I have. Hey, I want to do more, but this is the season that I'm in. And it's difficult to do that on a Sunday morning, but it's really it's so much better in a community group where you can really go there and say, right. hey, we're, we're struggling. We're going mm-hmm. through a season um, of financial insecurity. And again, we really are the ones, the, 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 the church is the one that's called to take care of the, the needs of the people. And uh, that, that can look many different ways. But the first point is being honest mm-hmm. and saying, hey, here, here's, here's the reality of my situation. And also into that is that when I look back at that period, and I believe it true here at Cyprus, there wasn't anyone speaking to me saying we were not giving mm-hmm. as we should. No one was condemning me, but it's that the enemy beats us up about it, self-condemnation and those things. And so uh, a lot of it, when you stop and let the Lord speak into it, you realize he's not guilting or shaming me. And so ask him, what what can I do? And so... Yeah, there's a lot of freedom in that. I love that you shared that, Rhonda. And I love how you and you and Larry were on the same page about yeah. y'all's giving. I know not everyone listening is a spouse or a parent, mm-hmm. but I've loved throughout the Oaks Project getting a chance to hear, whether it's on stage or here on the podcast, just stories of uh, couples speaking to each other, mm-hmm. kind of praying and processing through this. So I just want to ask y'all, again, y'all both are blessed to have a spouse that is on the same page about a lot mm-hmm. of this. But what about those listening that money is is challenging? I think about, I remember hearing one time that money is the the biggest argument or the biggest area of argument in a, in a, in a relationship. And so how do y'all navigate that just personally? And how would you encourage someone that is just even struggling to be on the same page with their spouse when it comes to generosity and, and finances? Yeah. The, the <laughs> next point is giving honorably and honoring that person mm-hmm. too. So making sure that there is room to, to hear, Hey, what are your concerns? Because the, the thing about money, money is a tool. And again, it's important because it really indicates the posture of our heart. And so if you have those conversations about money with your spouses, try to dig deeper than just the money. What, what is it about the money that's causing maybe a fear or a distrust, or maybe it's a concern of some sort. And so really going under the surface and, you know, maybe start with the money, but, but dig deeper and you'll see a lot of other things come up, a need for security, a, mm-hmm. um, going back to how we grew up. Maybe we grew up in financial um, uncertainty. And so we now have a high need for financial security so that we don't feel some of the things that we felt when we grew up or or vice versa. We grew up in financial security. And so now we're not as, you know, great Mm -hmm. with our finances because Mm -hmm. we take it for granted thinking that it'll all come together. And so having those deeper conversations really builds trust and a safe place to have, um, you know, the money, the money talks. Yeah. What I've loved about the 40 day 
prayer is that um, a lot of conversations have been had between couples as they've navigated this, but that does lead to talking about other areas of finance that maybe they've been yeah. avoiding or not just not going there um, because the spirit is at work, you know, always. And so as we're talking about the Oaks Project and what uh, God's wanting us to give in that and trying to come into unity over that, it can. It can take us deeper into the whys and other expenses within our family. And so it, it can be a really beautiful thing where we haven't Mm -hmm. done much talking mm -hmm. prior to, yeah. you know, so it can open doors. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, take you places where you haven't been mm -hmm. yet and having conversations. I think uh, continuing on this this fifth point here, Jose, about honorably, you mentioned just even honoring God's order of our finances, and uh, you, we've thrown out terms like this is a discipline, that there's a lot. So it's a tool, but it's a tool that we need to wield intentionally and, and honorably. So, Jose, you had kind of four uh, priorities in this order of, of give, save, bills, and then spend there. Um, we've talked about this again over the last few weeks and in this series, but I think what is maybe a lesson that God has taught y'all just practically, maybe this is not a, you know, self-help financial podcast, <laughs> but like, what are maybe some things that God has shown that works for you or works for your family and just ways that particularly with this order of, of give, save bills and spend. God loves being first. He deserves to be first mm -hmm. because he is, you know, first he cre he's the creator uh, he is the origin of all things. Think of Colossians one and and Hebrews and and the, these openings of, of these letters that speak to the amazing nature of of God. And yet we tend to forget who He is, and and we put Him, we give Him our leftovers. And and so this idea that giving first is another thing that we do to remind ourselves of who God really is and who we are in, in response to that. So it's simple in my mind in that, in that regard. We want to be first uh, in, our, in our, we want to give first. We, we also want to go to him first in the mornings and pray to him and say, God, good morning. Mm -hmm. I need you. Mm -hmm. We want to meet together at the, on, during the first day of the week. I mean, this, it's, to me, it's, it's beautiful how it all how it all comes together. Yeah, God awareness. Um, I I agree. I um, I can get way out of order on all of those. I mean, I just really can. But the concept that He's first is is um, is beautiful because we we can tend to forget that even the jobs that we have, the provision that we have, is from Him. We can lose it today. Um, we don't like to think about that, and we don't want to move in fear over our jobs or anything like that. But the, the truth is, He provided um, those for us, and so it's it's it is the right and natural thing to thank Him for it first, uh, then move forward with how He wants us to to use the rest of it. So I think you're right. It starts first thing each day, acknowledging Him. Yeah, I love how you both tied in. Just it's beyond just even giving, you know, your first finances to God, mm -hmm. starting with the morning and starting with that time. I think about how every other area of life, whether it's family, friends, work, there's constantly bings and dings and notifications mm -hmm. and all this stuff is constantly grabbing for our attention, just even the world and the media and just all the things that we consume. And yet this is an area where it takes discipline to fight through that through the noise and making God first. Because a lot of times it's like, I, I mean well, I want to put God first, but then there's so many other, you know, responsibilities or notifications or things that, that get my attention first. And the next thing you know, 
you know, a day's gone by and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, whoops. And so just there's grace in that, but also just a sense that this isn't going to happen by accident. Yeah, this is I, like, I like how Matthew in Matthew 6, Jesus says, seek first. Mm-hmm. So that's a seeking. It's not a, hey, take for granted first, but you, you got you to gotta look for him. Right. And once you look for him, once you seek, you, you will find him. Mm-hmm. And that's the beautiful promise. To your point, there's no, there's no condemnation. <laughs> there, there's, there's no, you're never too late. You can just start right where you are and say, all right, Lord, I am seeking you right now. Mm-hmm. I need you. I, 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 I'm to a point where I can't move without you. So we can do that at any point. When we do it first, it really does bless us and set us up uh, for the rest of the day. Yeah. I think of it always as just the path. You know, he has us on the, this path and we're so prone to the rabbit trails. We just, it's, it's just the way, our nature. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, when I can tell I've kind of veered off, whether it's in my spending or in any other way uh, in, in my life, is just it's it's so quick to just come back to the path to just turn right back where he wants us and he, he's not condemning of it he's wanting us to here take my hand it's like a child when you're walking out in nature and they start taking off and then they come back and take your hand again and so that's we just have to come back come back mm-hmm. We've yeah. looked at what it looks like to give through the church, to give freely, responsively, uh, eagerly, honorably, and then and it's not a formula, but I feel like this last one kind of follows right in line here with cheerfully. Well, it's not a formula; it's it's Paul's thought process, and that's <laughs> what I love again about this is that we're just plucking out mm-hmm. what what he is teaching the the church in Corinth, and um, cheerfully is a big one. If we are giving. Uh, begrudgingly, if we're if we're giving um, with, with a sour attitude, that's no fun. But if we're giving cheerfully, mm-hmm. then that's when you know that it is the fruit of the spirit that is that is overflowing, and and that's what we have see, been seeing in, in our in our church. And I'm so proud of that. And yeah, I, I want to continue to cultivate that sense of cheerful giving. We have such an amazingly generous church, and uh, so I really hope that we continue to yeah. give cheerfully. Yeah, and I, I just can't close this without saying it was so beautiful on mm-hmm. Sunday yeah. to watch all three services people just flood down you could feel, you could feel the it. Holy Spirit's movement in it um, the eagerness that people were coming to present with and so it, it it blessed me. I know it did everyone else. This could have happened at any time in year and mm-hmm. the year, and yet in December, weeks away from Christmas. And so, Jose, I loved how you closed just even tying in Luke 2, a chapter that mm-hmm. you often read around Christmas time. But if you're like me, you don't really think about it, just even in this concept of uh, presenting Jesus before the Lord. I'd love to hear your thought process of what God taught you, Jose, just in that oh, and how goodness. it ties in. I, I am still wrapping my mind around how significant it is. But, but the point is that Jesus is being presented back to the Father by these two, these two imperfect people, Mary and Joseph, and how we also get to present God with our finances, our lives on a daily basis. And it doesn't matter the amount. What matters is that we give it back to the Lord Mm -hmm. and what he's able to do with that. Uh, in, In Jesus's case, I mean, it is unbelievable. He can't afford Mary and Joseph can't afford the lamb as a sacrifice, and here is the lamb Mm -hmm. that was sacrificed for the sins of the world. So we serve an amazing God who loves us, who sees us, who knows all of our needs, and he he wants to be um, in our midst, and I'm I'm super thankful that, that he is. 
Thanks for listening to the Conversations podcast. Be a part of the conversation by sending questions about the Sunday message directly from ccc.guide or by emailing conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. See you back for the next conversation.